Hey, Rob, what do you think of our funky new football in Berkshire branding? They're great, Tom. Who's made them? They've been created by friend of FIB, Ellis Woods, who runs his own creative agency, Flair Media. He's heavily involved in grassroots football and kindly sponsors this very podcast. That's great. What else do they do? Well, it's funny you should say that, Rob. Ellis offers affordable digital marketing, digital and print branding like logos, banners, flyers and business cards, as well as website content creation and management. Go and have a look at flaremedia.online and tell Ellis we sent you. Hello and welcome to the Berkshire Football Stories podcast with me, Tom Canning, and him, Rob Davis. This is our pub, but not in a pub chat podcast. We're doing daily to try and keep ourselves and all of you busy during lockdown. You can see more podcasts from us by searching Berkshire Football Stories on your favourite podcast app. You can also follow us on Twitter at FI Berkshire and find out more at www.footballinberkshire.co.uk. Uh, today, our very special guest is the former Windsor manager, Mick Woodham, who joins us on the phone. Hello, Mick. Hello, guys. How are you? How are we? It's all all good here. Ready for another exciting podcast? How are you? Yeah, I'm in I'm in good shape, thanks. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, nothing to complain about, Tom. To be fair, you uh, you you're out. You just finished work. You said. Yeah, I'm I am finishing work. Yeah, I'm fortunate to uh, to get a, a day's work in here and there. So uh, yeah, I'm quite. I think myself quite lucky to be fair. Making the most of it. Um, let's uh, let's sort of where where do we start, Mick? Because obviously this season mm. you've you've not been in management for. Is that the first time in a long time? Do you, do you know how long that's been? Oh, um, certainly for the last eight years. Uh, but as a first team manager, well, I've done a couple of years uh, with Windsor's under 18s and their capital league side and i think i might have done two seasons with burnham in there the equivalent of their under 18s and capital league side so yeah it's it's in double figures and um yeah a bit of a tough one to take to be fair uh change of routine yeah difficult difficult to uh to accept it are you uh, when um that, that sort of that that change at windsor it kind of felt like cause obviously you'd, you'd stepped away the season before but but came back you, you mm. kind of and you stepped you stepped away from Windsor in in the summer um yeah. was that that and obviously you, you wanted to spend it from what from what you were saying at the time you wanted to spend a bit more time with your family um do you feel you've spent that time with your family now oh yes definitely <laughs> what, what, oh yeah there's plenty, there's two or three people in the family who will back that story up as well yeah. <laughs> uh yeah uh listen to be quite honest with you I, I'd lost the balance between uh, my work, my family life, and the football. Yeah. Uh, the football just completely ate me up, and um, it, it, it was starting to affect my health. I was running. I just had no time. Yeah. I just simply had no time for uh, the people who, 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 who care for you. Simple as that. So. You- You've um you've you've had uh, quite a long association with Windsor. Where did that start? How how did that become a thing? Um, well, it, I we go back a little bit further than that, Tom. Really, I I was fortunate enough to have a year group from the age of seven through to sixteen, um, and we went through the kids set up um, successful. And when they got to 15, 16, Burnham and Windsor were looking for 
an under 18 team to walk straight into a, 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 their clubs. So, um, Windsor were quite established in their 18s at the time. So, I took the boys to Burnham. Um, circumstances changed at Windsor. So, I brought the whole group back to Windsor. And, uh, uh, and, and it made sense really for the 18s to represent the Capital League, which was a reserve side at the yeah. time. Uh, and it was all midweek football. Um, so it freed me up for Saturdays and Sundays to look at the local scene and to see what was around, um, you know, boys playing football with their mates, socialising, having a good time, not necessarily committed to midweek training. But it gave me a chance to get a good core of, uh, uh, of footballers who I felt were good enough if I was ever given the opportunity. So... Um, our under-18s, who were predominantly 16, 17, uh, also played Capital League football every other week, which was a great grounding for them. And uh, they were, uh, if, if the call ever come to go first team, whether it was at Windsor or elsewhere, I felt I had a group of players that were more than ready. Um, inexperienced, but, but I felt they had the potential to, to go on and play. Um, so I was just... just Waiting really, uh, wait sitting there on a lot of boys, a lot of good players, uh, waiting for the right opportunity. Uh, how long were you at the uh, Capital League level, and uh, when did the call to uh, go first team actually come? I think I've done two seasons uh, combined with uh, the Allied Counties at Windsor with the Capital League, uh, and that was a good education for me as well. But um, Kevin decided to uh, change how, how the, the club was run in terms of a playing budget. Um, so Keith, Keith Scott and, and the rest of the players um, decided to leave. Uh, I think they were, they'd played six games. And thankfully, looking at it now on reflection, they, they, there was 10 points on the board when I took over because we lost the first nine games. Um and those 10 points kept us out of the bottom three, which was a, a, a big thing for us, really. We were finding our way with each other. So I was grateful f for that. Um, and then once we once we uh, got one win against Sanders, the first win, um, we sort of never looked back and finished the season, I think, six after yeah. a, a, quite a tough time. But, um, yeah, and then it just, and then it, it just snowballed from there, really. Mick, I sort of got a, a two a two part kind of question based on on that kind of that that capital side the the, the youngsters. Firstly, was anybody in that team that we'd kind of know of? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, George Gould. Yeah. Uh, Adam Richards. Um, we're going back now eight years, so they're very young. Uh, there would be. Um, I had some fifteen-year-olds in 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 that team. Um, Kane Jones, Eddie Lazarchuk, um, to name a few, uh, but certainly, and it was made up of my of my sort of Sundays, uh, my Sunday and Saturday side at weekends. Um, I'm trying to think of the other boys now, but predominantly George. Really, George has been all the way through the process. Um, Kane sort of dropped off, yeah. dropped off a little bit recently, but um, yeah, just. Um, 
the players that were there, uh, and then uh, it was some of the some of the players in that Capital League were were left were sort of regaining their fitness from the first team, um, and so it, it was a yeah a mixture of experienced first team players trying to impress Keith, trying to get their, their way back into the first team, and and my kids. Yeah. So it was a good learning curve. You, the, the second part of that was um, just before you moved on to that first team manager's job at, at Windsor. You had was it? I think it was about six months at Bracknell, uh, which is oh, which is where I yeah, which what, I became where I got to know you. Um, yeah. What what a lucky boy I was. <laughs> uh, box, boxing Day, our first uh, at Binfield wasn't it? Was, uh, it? was our first game. Yeah, Binfield yeah. away. Yep, and uh, we were so close to staying up that year. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, I think we had four or five months where it was aimed at me getting some experience. Yeah. Uh, and there was a surplus of players at Windsor. Ben Harris obviously speaks, you know, it was one that comes to mind. Um, but yeah, uh, and, and also getting the best out of some of the players at Bracknell, you know, the yeah. Tom Barrett's. Yeah. What a lovely kid. What a lovely, you know, and Sam, you know, come breaking through. But, you know, there were some good players there. We just, just fell short at the, at the end. Otherwise, that would have been um, uh, a, a really pleasing outcome. Um, yeah, it was. Um, it was. It was. A, it was a funny old season because uh, you came into work alongside um, Steve McClurg and Andy Keane, if I remember rightly. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, and you had. Uh, yeah, it, it's so funny to think of, of Ben Harris being surplus to requirements at Windsor, looking at where <laughs> he is now playing for Slough in the National League, but. Absolutely. Uh, that's a very, but obviously, he 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 was an absolute superstar when he came to back. Because you know, we we I, I'm not I, I couldn't tell you off offhand, but looking at the looking at the league table, Bracknell won eight games that season, and I wouldn't be surprised right. if most of those were during the period of time where where you were there. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, as you say, fell fell just short and ended up unfortunately finished bottom of the division. But that sec- the second half of that season was um was was just incredible. You saw some real young talents coming through yeah. at the club and, and Ben Harris especially was one of them I think one of the better one of the better days one of the better games was watching Bracknell surprisingly beat Ascot because yeah. Ascot finished um, that season they finished uh, where did they finish uh, so I'm just looking at the, oh they finished 14th I've, I would have thought they'd finished higher but yeah it was it was quite yeah. a big score that day um, but yeah I, 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 you know, Ben Harris got gold dust in his boots <laughs> that, that will never ever be taken away from the from the boy Uh he can perform on a football pitch with the best of them, in my opinion. And I just think another month of that season, we might have been safe because um, uh, I think I took over with eight points on the board and uh, it was never going to be enough. So, um, yeah, it was a great learning curve. To work with McClurk, uh, Bob as well looks after me. Um, yeah, a real four or five months where uh, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't have wished for a better education. I was going to... You sort of semi-answer there, but how did you find that sort of step up from the Allied Counties League to uh, like uh, first-team football? And did the fact that you got to bring uh, um, a handful of players with you from Windsor have a, a good effect on that, or make it easier for you? Uh, it was a yeah. It was an, it, I liked it. Oh, no, good people around me. Let's face it. Steve knows his way around a football club. Uh, Bob, they're always there if you wanted the advice, but you are standing there on your own. Um, and you're relying on the players. Um, but I, at the same time, I had to find my own identity because I, I've come from 
uh, under 18 football to first team management and you have to have uh, everyone's looking for you to, to see how you're going to play everyone makes judgments and that was probably the toughest part but once and I'm a big believer of the boys doing the foot doing the talking for me um, and and that was that was the case more often than not so everyone could see the style of football that we wanted to play um, front foot football uh, whatever that you want to call winning football we played an awful lot of it and slowly but surely, um, yeah, I settled in really well. And, uh, yeah, I started enjoying it. My facial features <laughs> didn't show it because God put me on this earth not to smile. But, uh, but trust me, inside, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Um, now, Mick, let's, uh, no, no one is listening. No one has come to listen to this podcast to uh, listen to me talk to you about Bracknell Town. They want to hear about, <laughs> they want to hear about Mick's time at Windsor. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at the uh, I'm just looking at the, the the league table. You had an absolutely phenomenal time at Windsor. Uh, I seem yeah. to remember talking to you before. You didn't have a budget at any point. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. And sorry, that, that's not me doubting you. I'm just trying to remember that, that that's what you, that's what you told me. <laughs> yep. Um, but you you finished because um, so the first season you would have been there would have been was it 20, 2012 13. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think only twice you finished outside of the top half, and most of the time, I think the first couple of seasons, it was sixth, sixth, fifth. These were yep. in the combined counties Premier Division, and then twelfth, eleventh, and then eighth and sixth in the Hellenic Premier, which is just yeah. just an astonishing record. Um, how did you how did you do that? <laughs> yeah, I've had I've had I've had a year to reflect on it, Tom. Uh, how did we do it? Well, I was very very blessed. To have some good coaches, I'm a great believer of having guys around me that have got more strengths. You know, their strengths are more than mine. Coaching, not really my strength, in all honesty. And I've I never felt threatened by anyone. So bring as many people who are more better qualified than I was, who could help the boys. Uh, so we, we we were. I was very fortunate with Butch, um, Ash, Tony Thompson, uh, Barry towards the back end of it. Uh, and that they took the boys onto different levels, and 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 relying on some really good footballers. Um, so uh, the combination of good coaching and and good changing rooms. It's an old adage about if the changing rooms right, uh, you're going to go a long way. And I, I was, we just had some uh, some good football, some good honest boys who brought into the fact of uh, there's not going to be any money. But ha- we, we had two two phases of the, of the group, if you like. We had the players, 28, 29, who were coming to the back end of their careers, who liked the fact that they could play on a pitch they could trust. The environment was good. Uh, I could put my mum down there and she could do keepy-uppies on that pitch. That's <laughs> how much the, old, the older players and the senior players could rely on it. But we also had the other end of the spectrum where we've got 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old boys who are looking to climb up the ladder, which is absolute. If they're going to do it, they just will do it at a club like Windsor where it's got that profile. Um, so it was the experience and, and the blend of the kids. And, yeah, and also, you know, we had some very hungry players, some boys who... Um, who wanted to play for Windsor and we look at the Harris, we look at Lazar, we look at George Gould in the early days, 
but but guys who were playing weekend football with their mates and um, Barry Dunbar, he, he he thoroughly enjoyed himself at Windsor. The supporters took to him, and that's what we were about. We were about trying to give everyone the opportunity if they wanted to take it. And, and go on. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, like you had a, a, a look, we're mentioning a very good level of success at Windsor, uh, but um, with a very little budget. What was the ambition of the cl- uh, you and the club as a whole while you were there? Was it to like push for promotion or to uh, consolidate in the league? Um, where where were you and the club pitching each, uh, each season? Well, there was only one message from me and the boys at the time and time again. It was promotion. I wasn't interested in mid-table mediocrity. Uh, I, to be honest with you, I'd rather fight a, a relegation battle and, and being in the bottom three just, just to get everyone going. But it, the message, flat-out message, time and time again, was promotion. And uh, I couldn't stand in front of the boys because you get found out very quickly in the changing room and, and tell them anything different. I wanted promotion. Um, I felt I could get it. Um, with the bunch of boys, it didn't didn't really materialize. Well, it didn't materialize. That's, that, that, that's pretty clear. But we we had some great runs, and with a the, the only thing coming into that Hellenic League, we never really had the momentum. We were getting a lot of weeks where we were free. Uh, the weather played a part, a bit like everyone. But yeah, we, we, we at vital times we lost our, our momentum, and that cost us probably you know more often than not in the final push but the message was always yeah promotion and cup finals and and that was the message from Kevin as well you know Kevin set targets and I to be quite honest with you I don't really think I let him down uh over the eight years uh, we, we we had disagreements in terms of our participation in the vase um I I, until the last three years, I never paid any attention to it really because I, I was just focused on the local domestic football, if you like, rather than the national. I felt it was beyond us. Um, but Kevin proved me wrong because the last three years we had a right old tear up in it. So um, <laughs> uh, I've got to thank Kevin for that. But had I paid attention to it a little bit earlier, who knows? But I just felt we, we weren't ready or I wasn't ready for a national cup competition. And uh, we did have a couple of tough draws uh, to start with. We went out in the first round very more often than not. But um, once Kevin sort of sat me down and told me what he wanted to do in the Vars, um, I decided to take a bit more notice of him and, uh, <laughs> and the outcome. And that's not being disrespectful, but it's, you know, Kevin was quite right. He he wanted the club to be on a, a race its profile nationally, and um, and rightly so. So uh, yeah, th- thankfully uh, we nearly delivered. And um, let's so yeah, I mean it brings us nicely on to the Vars. You know, as you say, looking at look just looking through the list of, of fixtures that you had in the Vars over the years. Um, that you you know you've you've played a lot of clubs kind of at, at the same level as Windsor, and you know those those can kind of go go one way or the other at times. But of course, yeah. twenty seventeen eighteen, you started in the first qualifying round right at the beginning, and then I think six seven games later, you're playing Stockton Town, eventual finalists in the quarter final. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, 20, it's like, bonkers, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. 
Uh, what? what go on. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, obviously, if, all that way, you had you had Bracknell, Bracknell and Thatcham as well in the competition, yeah. three Hellenic clubs, and you're going toe-to-toe with with uh, clubs of, of the same level as you every week, but arguably better better financially resourced. Yes, um, yeah. I don't yeah. mean I don't mean Bracknell or Thatcham. Obviously, you didn't play them in the Vars, but just in, in the teams you were coming up against, especially in sort of the fifth round quarterfinal. Um did did you think you were did you think you were going to go all the way at one point because I I would have. Well. Well, well, well. Uh, there was <laughs> uh, 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 Kevin did that's for sure. Um, I think Kevin <laughs> had had his suit measured two or three times, <laughs> and uh, but I, I was trying to be pragmatic, realistic. Um, uh, that was a hell of a hell of a journey, uh, uh, but I felt maybe. We put some good performances in. I loved the fact that we were away from home pretty much all the way through, apart from one game against Hamble, which was our home game. But we were away from home, um, and I thought, if we're going to go and, and, and challenge this Vars, let's let's take the club around to different regions, take our support with us, enjoy ourselves. Uh, and all these coach trips, we don't spend a lot of time together as a football, you know, with the footballers. We only get an hour of training and match days, so you can get to know everyone when you're away from home on these coach trips. And we built up such a uh, a real bond together. Um, and, and and perhaps the players did, yeah, you know, the players did believe that we were going to go all the way. Um, but the disappointing thing, and and and. I, I did disappoint Kevin, you know, to be fair, on that occasion. We we didn't really get our act together in Stockton. We got caught. Uh, I, I come up against a good side, actually, a good defensive side who, who, we, we, game, the goals, football's about goals. And, and I felt we should have gone one nil up. Matty, Matty Wood should have scored. And then that changes the complexion of the game a little bit. We didn't. They go up the other end and we concede two. And then we, we, we just couldn't find a way back. So, um, uh, but we have to put our hands up. They they, they were finalists, and yeah. um, uh, we shouldn't beat ourselves up too much. But I, I think we were we sold ourselves short a little bit on the day. A long a long way to go for that. But <laughs> yeah, because it's Stockton, sort of Middlesbrough, uh, sort of red car Cleveland way, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah, it was Middlesbrough. Yeah, crikey. <laughs> Uh, that was obviously a pretty um, disappointing result for you. But what was your uh, uh, favourite memory or favourite match competition that you can look back on and think, you know, that was a, a really great day for the club and for you? Well, we had so many, Rob. Uh, I, I think each game in that vase gave us something different. We went to, I remember playing Erif on a Sunday, early rounds. Uh, Barry was unplayable. Barry Hales up front that day. <laughs> He, he he destroyed the two centre arse. Not an easy place to go to. Um, but our, our, the substitutes bench, there was six, everyone was sixteen. And to come away from there with a two-one, admittedly we were hanging on at the end, but that 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 gave us a lot of pride, and and we and we should have been proud of that. That just having the sixteen-year-olds on the bench, mm. um, uh, and then we walked into uh, Walton and Hersham. Uh, <laughs> mad afternoon, absolute crackers <laughs> of an afternoon. 
we we went one nil. They were a good side. They were very fast, very quick, and um, we were staying in the game by the skin of our teeth, really. But they went one nil up. They made a couple of changes. We had twenty minutes left, and they, they, they I don't know. They just let us come on to them. So we brought made a couple of changes. Luke Bruce Smith came on and became like a quarterback. Put it everywhere. We pushed pretty much everyone forward. And we got two in the last, I think, 91, 92 minutes. Um, no. And, uh, the, the, you know, and, and the guy who got them, Brad, again, I think it was probably an 18-year-old kid, 17-year-old kid, I don't know. But it was a great day. And 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 then we go to Hamble. Uh, oh, sorry, we had Eastbourne, Eastbourne away, yes. which, was, which was a crackers of a, a, a great atmosphere. That If the boys... Never experienced another atmosphere in the time they play football. They'll remember that one. Um, lots of flares, lots of drums, lots of noise, lots of supporters. And um, and we were up against it as well, really. But uh, we managed to um, make three changes. And the dear Shaffrey come on. And all the time God puts breath into him, he'll never have another half an hour like that on a football pitch. <laughs> Uh, he got us, got us a penalty. He got himself a great goal. Matt Stockhill come off the bench. He got the winner, uh, made it three-one, and uh, they were great scenes. We managed to, we took a lot of supporters that day, probably two hundred. Yeah. Uh, and we just so enjoyed their clubhouse afterwards. Um, a lot of the supporters stayed down for the for the evening as well. So that that was a good memory. And I think just before we went to Stockton, we had handball at home. Yeah. Uh, and that was uh, the Jack Denton show. There's no no getting away from that. He, I think they changed their right back three times <laughs> before Jack destroyed all three of them. Really, um, so that was a good performance and 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 a home draw. Kevin was very satisfied with a home draw, um, and and you know for for different reasons that I wanted another way to draw for, but we delivered. Uh, and then, but there's so many memories, Rob. Really, it was. Uh, uh, just fantastic times, really. I can't put my finger on one, but I, the support we had, um, and, and and it was a two-way thing. The players delivered for the supporters. The supporters helped the team along. It was a great combination, and one that I really miss. Hmm. Um, in in that you kind of you mentioned some of the uh, some of the uh, sorry earlier earlier on you mentioned some of the coaches you've had and Barry Hales obviously being uh, being kind of a, a, a one of the big names from played Premier League with Fulham. How did how did he get involved with with yourself and at Windsor? Oh, that's that's a straightforward one. Uh, <laughs> Ash Smith uh, uh, was with us. Yeah, he had been at Chesham a couple of years prior with uh, with Barry, and I think Barry was about to leave Chesham in that summer. That, uh, so Ash put a phone call into him. Um, we met him in Windsor, and you get a, you get a feel for people within the first five minutes. And I knew we'd get on well. We're good friends, and um, uh, and Barry wanted to play a bit more of a role in terms of the coaching, but he but he was so determined to play, and uh, his first thought was he wanted to play every game, and I couldn't often give him that. You know, to be fair, we were so strong. Uh, I couldn't give him what he wanted, and he was getting frustrated with it. But we never fell out. He, he, every time he got on the pitch, he gave us everything. Um, but Barry knows his way around the 18-yard area, and, and <laughs> just as much as he knows his way around the dance floor. 
So uh, <laughs> he, he was he was fantastic for us. And and also, we go back to the point where when we're on these away trips, there's no one better than Barry. So you know, he'd been on more away trips than I've had, like than I care to remember. So for the so for the young kids like the Dan Roberts, the Hugos, the Brads, the Andys, all the all the academy lot that Ash was bringing down. What a great learning curve for them. Yeah. You know, free advice, free education. And socially, they were great. They got on so well together. And Barry was a big asset to us. I nice wanted, man. I wanted to just ask you something about uh, one, one of the lads you just mentioned there, Dan Roberts, because obviously he uh, he had an absolutely phenomenal season with you. Uh, in, I think it was 2018-19. Um, and he, but he, he came across from from Bratnell where he where he played a few games, but obviously there were there were a couple of players in front of him, you know, rightly so. Um, yeah. But you you Windsor got the best out of Dan Roberts, and obviously he's gone off. We're actually speaking to Dan on on Sunday. He's coming on the podcast on Sunday. But okay, you 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 Windsor got the best out of him. How did you? How, what did you do there? What, did you? What happened there? Oh, Dan's got to take the credit for that. That's for sure. We all we do, all we done. It, actually, back in like, fair play to Dan. This story is great. Uh, I sat uh, Ash Smith put a, um, a training game on over at Slough in April, uh, and Dan was playing. And I sat there with Neil Baker, John Underwood, and Ash, and we watched it. And and obviously Dan was doing his bits and pieces. Um, and we felt that he could come into us for fifty games. And everyone would keep an eye on him and see how he developed. And that was very much on Snell's radar as well. Um, but we just gave Dan the freedom to play. Um, he was under instruction off the ball, you know, out of possession. He was asked to do bits and pieces. But generally, go and play, Dan. Go and do what you think is best. And nine times out of ten, uh, he delivered. He, he was uh, fantastic for us. Uh on and off the pitch, his loyalty was second to none. He was getting pulled from pillar to post. We had seven-day approaches in for him so many times, but he was determined to stay, see the season out. He, um, and that also showed some of these managers further up the ladder that he is a loyal boy. They, you know, they take a chance on him. He's not going anywhere for the season. He will stay there. And um, and and it's very similar with Hugo. You know, Hugo could have gone anywhere. But he decided to stay and get 100 games under his belt. That, that Any manager who's worth his salt up the ladder will look at it and go, these are loyal boys. Um, and Dan's getting his rewards. Um, but uh, a lot he has to take a lot of credit himself because uh, he was the one who decided to, to come to Windsor, stick it out. And um, if there was one disappointment, he could have rattled in another 10, 15 more goals than what he did. <laughs> We went, he went for a spell and he, he picked up a nasty injury up at Homer Green in, in sort of October time. A nasty ankle injury and that knocked him for a little bit. But had he been fit for the whole season, uh, he, he would have written a really big story. He wrote a big enough one as it was. <laughs> um, Mick, I just wanted to, so just sort of just towards the, the point of wrapping things up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to ask you, kind of, what what are your plans now? What are you looking to do? Are you looking at some of the vacancies that are going on? I am, yes. Uh, I, I I fancied the Stains job, to be honest. Uh, didn't get very far with that. Um, there's other bits and pieces going on. Uh, I'm like, listen, I need, I need. Uh, 
um, I need someone to, I want a, an interview would be great. You yeah. sit down and you can explain y- y- your processes, y- your thoughts, your methods. I'm not, I don't need money. I, I, it's pretty clear on my record, I can deliver without money. What I'd like, you know, you don't see many managers these days give the chairman their money back every week. But wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't it be novel if we yeah. just sat down and said, there's nine months, ten months, and all of you are just coaching and managing players. What a fantastic idea that would be. Um, but, yeah, if listen, I do need – I will need an interview, that's for sure. But trying to get one is difficult. <laughs> it's um, There is a little bit of a cartel out there at times. But, um, well, listen, my phone is always on. And when there's vacancies, if I want it, I'll go after it. Um <laughs> Uh, the one of, <laughs> uh, uh, and the people who are close to me know that uh, I think I could have done the Bracknell job. That's a, a interesting scoop. <laughs> yep, <laughs> um, I, I know, I know. Yeah, I know. But it's it's, it's about it, it, there's interest and then there's uh, offers and speculation yeah. interviews. Yeah. There, you know, it's I know what I can do, and uh, I've got a. Uh, a, a good idea of what level I can I can manage at, and uh, but yeah, step five is great. You know, I, I yeah. really don't care. I've got a, a way about me, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> I was just going to ask to expand on that just ever so briefly. And that how does how does the process of hiring a manager go at step five? Is it a case of you see the vacancy and then you contact the chairman with your CV, or um, do you uh, rely on con- uh, someone contacting you, or what is the general uh, process? Uh, to I think it works. Yeah, it, it can work in many ways, really. Uh, these mm. things do tend to be sorted out before uh, the manager's actually left. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, you can get contact. But there, there's also uh, people around the clubs that know each other and. Um, I think you have to be very fortunate these days. If if a club gets a good manager, they they really should look after it. And equally, if a manager is at a good club, stay there. Yeah, yeah that, that's my best bit of advice. Stay there and enjoy the club because uh, it's tough getting back in. Mm. Mick, I just had two questions just uh, just to finish off. Um, I you you mentioned sort of obviously um about kind of you you're able to go. You don't need money to achieve anything. I just I just wondered if someone said to you, Mick, right, you've got hundred pound a week and but you can and you can spend it on 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 a on one player or or one one position something like that what would, what would you do because obviously sort of some players get paid and they're not as good as players who don't get paid but if you if you were given some money uh sort of like a weekly budget or something where where would you fight where would that money go what would you what position would be the most oh. important to fill uh well i'd go straight down the core uh hugo sobti would be one because uh, he's my style of football and he's a bloody good goalkeeper uh, and reliable. Hugo, George Gould down the middle and um, Dan Roberts up top. If I, if I, I, I wouldn't have much money for all three of them, to be fair. I'd have to dip in my own pocket, I think. But, <laughs> I, I'd have to, but uh, yeah, that would be the three. Uh, uh, and, and listen, we can look at the likes of Harris and Lazarchuk. Fantastic records at Windsor, especially Lazar. But in the current form... Hugo, George, and and Robbo. Uh, and and just finally, I wanted your verdict on the uh, on the infamous Windsor kit. What were your thoughts on it? <laughs> well, 
unique. Uh, but to be honest with you, I was so engrossed in the change room, so sort of uh, the boys would have worn Windsor and Eaton or Windsor Football Club onesies. They really didn't care. It, it, they we would have worn absolutely anything. They, they they're really enjoying themselves. The kit, yeah, it, it's it's all out there. But that's more of a, uh, a supporters issue, really. And, um, and, and we took a lot of stick from opposition supporters, as you can imagine. Yeah. But uh, what a great kit! What a great idea! The initiative, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I, I've got my own personal favourite. But um, yeah, I love it. And uh, it was never the boys were never hung up on it. Mm. Never, never bothered them at all, really. Uh, apart from maybe a couple of the older ones, you know, the ones who've been around the block a little bit, maybe the coinies and, and ninety. <laughs> but uh, certainly, uh, uh, and we had to get the seamstress in for Barry a couple of times. But other than that. <laughs> Other than that, we were we were rolling with it. It was a real pleasure. Pretty pretty much like everything down there. Boys, it was such a good time. Uh, Rob, did you did you have anything else you wanted to ask? No. Okay. Um, Mick, thank you ever so much. We do have one question that we just finish everything off with. Um, can you tell our give our listeners a recommendation for either a box set or a TV show that you love watching, uh, just to kind of help them through these these cold. Well, I was going to say cold lonely <laughs> nights, but quite warm lonely nights really at the moment. Yeah, uh, well, I'm a little bit of a late late comer to some of this, like most things in life. Um, <laughs> but uh, I am all over on the buses and uh, <laughs> the Vicar. Yeah, coming to that. <laughs> and the Vicar of Dibley. Lovely. <laughs> I think love it. Love it. Can't get enough of it. I've just seen the Vicar of Dibley's <laughs> on Netflix. It's just come onto Netflix. So uh, is it really? Oh, it's all all over yeah. it, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, listen, can I just say what a pleasure, boys. Thank you. And a real privilege to be on here. And uh, thanks for finding the time to talk to me. I love it. Not at all, Mick. Oh, Not at all. It's been, it's been great for uh, great for um great great to chat to you. And oh, thank you for, uh, because of course your 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 lad uh, Elliot sponsored uh, put, put out an advertisement yep. on the website this season. So we very much appreciate yeah, we'll, that as well. We'll be back, mate. We'll be back. Excellent. <laughs> see that see how I right. managed to squeeze that in there. That's a just, just yeah, that's <laughs> nice. That's, that's, that's because you're right at the top of your trade, Tom. That's what. That's... <laughs> uh, Mick, Mick would have. Take care, fellas, please. Thank you very much. That was the Berkshire Football Stories podcast, pub but not in a pub chat, with ex-Windsor manager Mick Woodham. Uh, you can see more in this series by searching Berkshire Football Stories on your favourite podcast app. Please subscribe for all the latest, and if you have a minute, please give us a rating and a review. Uh, all, is left is that, all that is left to say is it's goodbye from me, Tom. Goodbye from Rob. Goodbye, everyone. And goodbye from Mick. Yeah, goodbye, everyone. Pleasure to talk to you. Take care.